Good to go. Welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. It is August 16th, which means our 16th NFL team preview is upon us. Now, yesterday, the discussion was all about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Today, it involves a team that just a few years ago won a Super Bowl and has contended every year since then. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, today, I am joined by one of my favorite people, especially from a fantasy football perspective. He was at my wedding. He's having uh, an amazing time, I would say, at my wedding, and uh, he's been Always. in the same fantasy football league for six years now. He's a passionate Chiefs fan, former podcaster, and I'm excited to have him on the show today. That is Harrison Brooks. Harry, how you doing today? Yo, what's up? Doing good, man. Doing good. Getting psyched for football season now that I... You got your Kansas City Chiefs, obviously. They're great. And then you always dominate in fantasy. So you must be really looking forward to it. Hell yeah, man. I keep I keep uh, swindling guys even in the preseason in our home league. Gonna have uh moving up, moving up in the draft over and over again. Yep, you stash some keepers, and so you're you're looking really good heading into this draft. But today's focus is gonna be all on those Kansas City Chiefs. We're gonna talk some bets, how last year went. And then uh, how the offense is going to look without Tyreek, as well as some fantasy football as well. So let's talk about the Chiefs here last year. Bit of an up and down year for the Chiefs. They, saying that they go 12 and 5, but when they were 3 and 4, a lot of people were panicking about whether or not they could turn it around. Well, they go on and win nine of the next 10 games. They knock off Pittsburgh in the wild card round, have one of the best games of our lifetime in that over team overtime game with the Buffalo Bills where they won 42 to 36 but then they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals 27 to 24 in the AFC championship game so Harrison for you especially given the last couple years and all the success that you've seen would you consider last year's season a success as a whole for the Chiefs no no (laughs) no uh I mean they're up like what 21 to 3 in the against the Bengals and then Three points in the second half? No, that's not a success. They're they're a Super Bowl team. Anything less than that is uh is uh, is a failure, honestly. Um but yeah, like like you said, man, it was a weird start to the it was a weird year just all around. Uh, but the start to the year, especially that three and four, it was shocking to everybody, I think. Uh, nobody expected them to go three and four to start the year. Um but yeah, you know, it's uh teams figured out that if they drop two safeties back. Uh, it puts a lot of pressure. The Chiefs can't go for the big uh, home runs anymore They're with uh, Tyreek and even Travis Kelsey. And and it took them uh, seven games to just kind of work through that. But uh, I think they came out the other side better. Uh, now they don't have to uh, rely on those big uh, big plays anymore, and they can uh, they can control the ball a little bit better underneath. And yeah, and like you said, they went nine of ten to end the season and uh, and had a pretty stellar uh, playoffs up until they forgot how to play football and. Uh, <laughs> against the Bengals there. And that's the thing is that, yeah, you consider it a failure, but for most team standards, it's not. But when you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got Kelsey Hill, a team that's won a Super Bowl, been to another, they're constantly in the AFC championship game. It is title or bust. And that's the big difference between them and a lot of other teams. But um, when we look forward to this season now, uh, we know that there's going to be no Tyreek Hill. We'll get more into the offense in a little bit, but Vegas still believes in this team to win this division, the AFC West. Now, they have them at plus 165 to win the division. They're the favorites just ahead of the LA Chargers and then Denver, followed by a distant Vegas Raiders in the fourth spot. So what do you make of the Chiefs' chances this year? Obviously, this is going to be the division to watch all year. 
all four teams that are competing for a playoff spot this year. Raiders are a bit more of a distant fourth, but they're still going to compete as well. So what do you make of the division as a whole? Yeah, the division got uh, way stronger this year. Um, even just, I mean, yeah, the Raiders were never really, uh, never really was concerned with the Raiders, but, you know, adding, adding uh, Devonte Adams is huge for someone like Derek Carr who could really use, he's a good quarterback. He's not great, but he could really use uh, that, that game breaker. So that's big. I mean, Russell Wilson, anytime he's moving divisions, that's a, that's a scary thing for the other teams in the division. And then uh, the Chargers just keep getting better every year. Um, Justin Herbert's the the real deal, and and uh, that team's uh, on the upswing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a dogfight this year in in, uh, in that division. And I uh, just hope the, the Chiefs can uh, capitalize on, on uh, the other teams and get out ahead of them early. Yeah, especially the Chargers, like getting a guy like Khalil Mack on one mm. side when you've already got Joey Bosa on the other. You talked about Herbert. That's going to be huge. And then Russell Wilson, you're taking a perennial top 10 quarterback, putting him on a roster that basically had everything they needed outside of quarterback because Drew Locke was definitely not it. And then, as you said, Devontae going to the to the Raiders, they've now got an offense full of weapons when you've already got Waller and Renfro there. That's going to be a tough offense to stop. I still think Kansas City's the team to beat until proven otherwise. Um, as much as I love that Denver roster, and from a betting perspective, I might bet on Denver just because of the odds strictly. Uh, I still think that Kansas City's the team to beat. Now, they're over-under win total. This is the one that I'm more intrigued by because Vegas is completely split down the middle on it. It's over-under 10.5. It's minus 112 for under, minus 112 for over. So the fact that when you have this division, Three and three, four and two is, is a realistic way of looking at this division of how the games are going to go. If you get to five and one, then obviously you've had a stellar uh, division run there. But what do you make of their schedule as a whole? They open up with teams like Arizona, and then they've got Tampa Bay, Buffalo, San Fran, the Rams, Cincy. Like there's a lot of games in there. But then later in the year, you get the Houstons and the Seattles as well. So what do you make of the, the over-under win total there? Are you on the over for this one? Yeah, ex uh, exactly like you said there. Um, the I, I actually broke down their schedule into groups of four, with the, the last one being a group of five. And yeah, they probably have the toughest start to the year against the Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, Bucks first four weeks. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm gonna kind of go through it. Yeah, go for group it group by group. Yeah, I. So the other thing too to think about is it's, it depends on what uh, what we see from Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Obviously, he's great. Obviously, he's probably the best quarterback in the league. Um, and the main thing that I that I keep thinking about is, I'm pretty sure after the loss of the Bengals and the way the season ended last year, uh, he was quoted saying something like he's never going to get over it. So we might be seeing an even more more motivated Patrick Mahomes with a chip on his shoulder now to prove that you know it's never going to happen again when he, the way he played in the second half of that game. So that's something to watch for sure. But so yeah, in that in that first grouping, you know, it's it's one of those things that's you can't really, you know, if if they go four and zero, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna bat an eye. If they, you know, go two and two, yeah, it's a tough start to the season. Nobody's gonna bat an eye at that either. So I, I'm kind of playing the the mid game on that first four games with, I'm gonna say, uh, realistically, it's two and two or three and one. Um, so on the safe side, two and two in that first four. The next four, they got the Raiders, Bills, 49ers, Titans. There's probably two easy wins there in the Raiders and the Titans. Um, Bills, 49ers, I'd call that a, a split probably, so three and one there. 
Next four, Jaguars, Chargers, Rams, Bengals. Again, one easy win for sure there. Maybe they drop, depending on if they beat the Chargers early in the year, maybe the Chargers get the best of them in the second one. Rams, Bengals, you never know. Again, even if you say two and two in that one, that's a pretty safe bet. And then the last group of five, like you said, Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders. Probably not going to take both against the Broncos, maybe, but probably depends. But Texans, Seahawks, Raiders, three easy wins. I'd say four and one there. So even if you take the the lowest end of that, 11 and six, I'm taking the over. That's the, that's the low end that I see. Um, high end, I could see them going 15 and two. Yeah, I, I really do still like this Kansas City team whenever you have Mahomes. Um, people make a lot of losing Tyreek, but they don't make enough of what they brought in as well. Like this is a, a more balanced offense, I think, moving forward this year. Um, defensively as well, yes, they lose guys like Tyron Matthew, but then they go out in the draft and have a couple first-round picks that they bring in as well. So I think the defense is kind of going to stay put, and I think the offense could too. Um, this is one that I... F- if it was 11 and a half, I would take the under because I feel like this is an 11 win team. If it's nine and a half, then I definitely take the over. Cause I think it's 10. So Vegas got it bang on like 10 and a half is like the perfect, like you're going to get people that are divided on it. A lot of people will say, well, no Tyreek, I'm going to take the under cause they'll regress. A lot of people will also say, well, screw it. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They're going to win 11, 12 games. So if I had to pick one of them as well, I would take the over. I think while the schedule is tough, um, there's a lot of gettable games in there as well. Like if you're betting the over here, you may be looking with five weeks left where you're like, damn, we need to win at least three games. But those wins are there, as you pointed out, when you have the Raiders, when you have Houston, when you have Seattle on the schedule, and then you split with a team like Denver and, and it all writes the ship. So I like the over there for the 11 wins. I don't know how much further past 11 they get, just because when you have all those division games, it's going to be tough. But I mean, they're not in a situation like Buffalo where you're like, oh, you get the Jets twice, you get Miami, you get New England, and so your schedule looks a lot better. So as far as the offseason goes, we, we've made a lot of kind of the moves that they've made, and, and the main talking point heading into the year will probably be surrounding how the offense is going to look without Tyree Kill. Now they go out, they get MVS, who's kind of a deep threat. Hopefully he has some hands this year. He, he kind of struggled with that at times in Green Bay. They also get Juju Smith-Schuster. They get some running back depth with Ronald Jones as well. So what are your expectations from the offense this year? Do you think they're going to stay put with how consistently good they've been? Do you think they maybe take a little bit of a step back because it takes some time? What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think the offense is is going to be great again. Um, but actually, I want to jump back and, and talk about the defense like you like you brought up Um yeah. I think that's the the real key for for them going hitting that over is the defense. Um, like you said, they lost Honey Badger, then they brought back uh, Frank Clark and and Chris Jones on the D end there. Um, so yeah, obviously fans don't like seeing Honey Badger go. He's a heart and soul player. Was it was he kind of past his prime? Maybe uh, he might have come back and had another great year. We don't know that, but they went into the draft and they uh, in the first four rounds. They got a cornerback and a safety, two cornerbacks and a safety. Uh, so if Trent McDuffie can come in and prove that he's a first-round talent, that'll be huge in in uh, kind of solidifying that secondary again. And you know the secondary wasn't you know best in the league last year, but when you look at the the numbers, they were they were top ten, they were top ten secondary in the in the league last year. So they're solid. And if Trent McDuffie can come in and, and do that again, help that team get back into that seven to ten range in the league, 
that'll be kind of all they need. And then uh, the defensive line is, is the other question here. Cause you know, uh, going back to the playoffs, we saw who was it? The Titans who sacked uh, Joe Burrow more times than any quarterbacks ever been sacked in the playoff game. And then I'm thinking, okay, we got Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, you know, none of these guys are, are the best in the league at what they do, but they're all very solid players. I was thinking we're going to like dominate no sacks, no sacks in that game at all. That was, that was the biggest, uh, the biggest thing uh, leading to them losing that game, I think. So, so that's where I see the, the defense is, is on a, they're on a bit of a, a balance here where if Frank Clark and if Chris Jones can come back and, and, uh, and have solid productive seasons, they don't have to be world beaters or anything. And then George Karloftis can make it like a three-headed monster a little bit there. That could be huge uh, for the for the Chiefs moving forward this year. Um, but yeah, then like you said, the the offense. I'm yeah, I'm I'm still very high on the offense. Uh, obviously, you know you can't replace a guy like Tyree Kill. Um, you know, unless you're bringing in like a prime Antonio Brown, even I know Tyreek's not as good as prime Antonio Brown, but that's, you know, that's the kind of player that, yeah. that he is, you know, he's an absolute game breaker. So you can't, you can't just replace that. But I kind of view it almost like in Moneyball, where, uh, you know, they lost Johnny Damon and, and Jason Giambi, and they can't, they can't replace those two players, but they can make it up in the aggregate. I think that's what the Chiefs have kind of done here is they've added speed. You know, you have Nicole who's been, getting better every year. He had 800 all-purpose yards, not even all-purpose yards, 800 yards on offense last year, I'm pretty sure. And he's he's been slowly improving every year. He's got the speed. He can take over the special teams uh, roles and stuff. Then you bring in MVS, who's a big guy with speed. He can he can be that deep threat like, uh, like Tyreek could do. And then you have Juju for underneath. And obviously, Kelsey's going to absolutely feast this year. So you have Kelsey and Juju, big physical presences underneath. Uh, and then you have Sky Moore, who's an absolute wild card. Uh, we can just, you know, there's no true number one on this team. If Sky Moore can be that one, that's awesome. If if he just kind of fits into the fold with the the other three there, the other four there, then you know that's great too. I think we're going to see all four of those guys quite a bit. I really appreciate a good Moneyball reference, especially since I love that movie. And I agree 100% with the way that they did it because, like, yeah, you lose a Robinson and a Pringle, but then when you go get Sky Moore, MVS. Yes, you can't replace Tyree Kill, but they certainly did a damn good job of patching it and, and kind of getting guys that um, fill what Tyreek was good at, like MVS on the deep ball and then the underneath with Juju. So I think the offense is going to be fine. The defense, as you said, secondary, they went out and tried to address that and add some guys um, knowing that they had some guys leaving. And so I think they're going to be fine there. Now, this is an exciting team from a fantasy perspective as well, especially when you have pretty much every position you can go out and get chiefs players out. You can't say that about a lot of teams. Usually it's a hole at tight end or QB, but this is a team that has probably the best QB tight end duo in the league. So Patrick Mahomes, we're going to start there with the quarterback. He's quarterback two, as far as fantasy goes, he's just behind Josh Allen, uh, but he's ahead of Lamar Jackson by a couple spots. So Given that he is a third round QB, you are giving up some maybe depth at the running back wide receiver position in order to get him. But as you said, you might be getting the best quarterback in the league. So what do you think of where Mahomes gets drafted? Are you comfortable taking a QB there? Or are you hoping that maybe he slips another round? You know, you have a couple running backs and wide receiver before you get a guy like Mahomes or, or would you feel comfortable drafting him in the third round altogether? 
Well, I, I'm I'm never really a, an early round QB guy. This year might be different, as I as I did uh, tell you earlier. I did move up uh, <laughs> a couple spots with a couple uh, suave trades there. Um, so maybe I'll go early QB this year. But I'm usually more of a, a later round QB guy myself. But you know, the third round QB for Patrick Mahomes, uh, the third round pick for Patrick Mahomes is right where he's going to go. You can't hope that he's going to fall another round because he won't. Um, so if if you're a if you're a early QB guy, yeah, I mean, go get the best QB in the league. Either take Patrick Mahomes or take Josh Allen. Uh, get your guy and lock down that position. Like I, I have no problem with it. It just it's just not really how I build my teams. But yeah, he, I mean, he's worth it, right? I'm kind of in the same mode of punting QB down the road. Now, obviously, I'm not as good at, at fantasy as you, based off the six years that we've played together. But knowing that. A guy like Josh Allen, you got to take him second round this year based off his ADP. I'd feel more comfortable just waiting on Mahomes, hoping that he drops. He's not going to, but if he is there, then maybe I take him in the fourth round. Because if I'm going to take a QB that early, I'm not taking Lamar. It's 100% Mahomes over Lamar for me, fantasy-wise. If not, then I just punt it down the road. Um, From the previews that we've done, Rodgers, Brady, Dak, like they're all seventh to ninth round. You can wait on guys like that and feel comfortable week to week having them as your starter. Now, running back wise, you got CEH, his ADP is 64, which puts him in the fifth, sixth round range. Now he's just ahead of AJ Dillon as far as running backs go, but he's just behind JK Dobbins and Elijah Mitchell. So what do you think of CEH's value this year from a running back perspective? Are you comfortable with him maybe being your second running back or are you hoping to have him more so a flex play guy? Yeah, so it's one of those things. Like as a team, I think the Chiefs running back situation is is stronger than it was with the addition of Ronald Jones, and they brought back Jarek McKinnon. So you have the passing options, you have the kind of bruiser back like Ronald Jones is, and then you have Ch who can kind of do it all. Um, so in real life, I think it, their their running game should be pretty solid. In fantasy, I'm not super stoked about any of them. Um, obviously, Clyde's the guy you want there, but. Yeah, like you said, if he's my if he's my definitely don't want him to be my one. Actually, I mean, if you're going zero RB, that he might be a good a good one to get in the in the sixth round there, if you uh, you stack up your receivers and tight ends early. But yeah, he's more of a two, maybe you know, if he <laughs> flex flex guy would be my ideal situation if I had Ch on my team. But um, he could be your two if you like again if you go get. Uh, Travis Kelsey in the first round or, or late early second round. And then you stack up wide receivers and maybe even grab your QB. Yeah. Maybe he can be your, your second and you'll be fine. But yeah, he's more of a flex play for me if I want, but you know, at the same time, that's a guy you can put in your flex every week and you know, you're going to get that 12 minimum points and you might even catch him for his one or two boom games this year. Yeah. Like the Ronald Jones factor, the fact that I can get him in round 11, I would, probably be more willing to just maybe hope that Jones takes the majority of the carries late in the year. Not that I'm even a big Ronald Jones guy. Like the fact that he couldn't really ever win out the job in Tampa prior to Fournette getting there is a concern, but I do think that CEH still has value. If he's your second running back, your flex guy, I think you feel comfortable starting him week to week. Um, As you said, like you just, you wouldn't love having him as your number one, unless you're absolutely loaded at those other spots. Now, um wide receiver wise juju's kind of the guy as far as adp goes but then 
You've got Sky Moore that you can get in the ninth, tenth round. You got MVS, who's maybe the eleventh round, and then Hardman might be a, a waiver wire guy week to week. But as far as Juju goes, he's going late sixth round, early seventh round. When you've got him just ahead of St. Brown in Detroit, there ahead of Michael Tom or just behind Michael Thomas, and then ahead of Darnell Mooney and Adam Thielen. I think he's in a great value range to get a guy like Juju there in this offense. But is there a wide receiver outside of Juju that you'd like to own? And what are your thoughts on Juju as a whole? Uh, yeah, I, I like Juju. I think he'll he'll I think he's kind of perfectly placed right there in the sixth round. I think uh, you mentioned Adam Thielen being right around him. I think Adam Thielen's the best value you can get in that uh, in yeah. that area. But uh, Juju, yeah, Juju. I think he's going to do his thing. He's going to get. He's going to be a possession guy. He's going to get a lot of catches, uh, less yards, but like a lot of catches. He's going to be the guy just to move the ball down the field, get those first downs when you need it with Kelsey. Um, but you know, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see him kind of come back to what he was before and and really take over that that uh, you know high end wide receiver role because we've seen him do it before. There was a year where he was going first overall in fantasy drafts because he looked like he was the next uh, the next big thing. He kind of fell off a little bit. Maybe Patrick Mahomes can bring him back to, to what he used to be. Um, so Juju's the guy to own here for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, MVS, Guy Moore, Miko Hardman. Um, you probably don't want to take Miko with any of your picks, maybe in the last couple rounds or, like you said, waiver wire guy. But MVS and Moore could be interesting, kind of boom-bust type guys. Uh, MVS specifically, boom-bust player. You know, if you want to grab him late and stash him on your bench for – you know, when you have, when you're in a bye week hell or something, throw him in there and maybe he goes off for, you know, 200 yards and, and two touchdowns because he's getting all those deep bombs. Who knows? And then, like I said, I don't know what's been going on with Sky Moore in camp. I haven't heard too much, um, whether good or bad. I just haven't, haven't been uh, following too much of the camp yet. But like I said earlier, he's kind of that wild card. You know, if you grab him in the ninth round and he becomes the Chiefs number one wide receiver this year. Well, hey, you're you're laughing, right? You have you have uh, the best receiver on the on the team with the best quarterback. So, I would I'm not I'm not against taking Sky Moore for sure. He's probably the only other guy outside of Juju that I would take personally. I'm not I don't really care too much for MVS. I think he'll be good for the team, but but not uh, not really a worthwhile fantasy ad. But uh, I would take a flyer on Sky Moore and just see see what happens in the first few weeks, see how they use them, and if they're if they're looking to him a lot, then uh, it could be a huge uh, huge bonus for your team. Yeah, I think that if you draft Sky Moore, then like if you let somebody else draft him, then they're not going to drop him all year because they're going to look at the upside. Whereas MVS, I see somebody drafting him round eleven or twelve. He does nothing a couple weeks, and suddenly he's on the waiver wire, anyways. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you even necessarily need to waste a pick on a guy like MVS. I do love the juju value, being able to get him as your second, third wide receiver um, in a good offense. Where yes, Kelsey's technically going to be the wide receiver one, but a high end wide receiver two in a great offense is never a bad thing. And and some of those guys that I mentioned, they're they're in bad situations. Um, or inconsistent situations with QBs that are inconsistent. So um, I do think Juju's the guy to own. Sky Moore, if you can get him a little bit later on. I, I like taking a rookie flyer if he's with a good QB. There's a lot of them this year where you're like, well, I don't want to take George Pickens because he's with Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. But you want to take a Sky Moore because he's with Mahomes or maybe a Christian Watson because he's with Aaron Rodgers. You feel a lot more comfortable doing that. Now, as I mentioned, Travis Kelsey, he's – 
tight end one in fantasy. His ADP is 12. So you're looking at late first round, could possibly be an early second rounder as well. Um, he's going almost a full round ahead of Mark Andrews on a very good Kansas City team. So do you feel comfortable if you're late in the first round drafting Travis Kelsey, either first round or, or maybe early second? This is uh, similar to the QB thing for me, but I, I when I got into it, it was kind of there was a there was a, a big group of of tight ends who were similarly valued. That's why you can push them down the down your draft a little bit. Now it's it's Travis Kelsey, and I don't think Mark Andrews is going to have nearly as good of a season as he did last year. Like it's almost impossible for him to to redo what he just did. So right now it's basically Travis Kelsey, maybe Darren Waller comes back, maybe. Um, George Kittle has a fully healthy season, but it's really Travis Kelsey at the top. So if you need, if you, if you really think that that advantage, that tight end advantage is going to, it's going to win you some games. Yeah. Go for it. Take them. I, I, I don't like taking them in the first round, but if you can get them early second, after you get your, your first running back, your first wide receiver or whatever you take in the first, that's kind of ideal for me. But I don't know how many teams all have Travis Kelsey on just because of that value, but you know, never, you never know. It's uh He's obviously a huge advantage. Uh, every every week, you're pretty much winning your tight end matchup. So, uh, if you if you're in a keeper league or something like that, and you have some pretty so- solid keepers, yeah, you might uh, you might want to take uh, take a chance on an early Travis Kelsey and uh, fill out that that roster. I do miss the Travis Kelsey days of like late second round or even mid second round because the issue is if you're taking him there, then. You may have your one running back, but by the time you get to that late third round pick that you have, then the running back pool can be pretty diluted. So that's my only concern with him being that high. Whereas if you have that mid second round, you know, you're still able to get a quality running back in the third round, Um, especially since most of the leagues that I'm in running backs go really quickly. And then it's a, it's a wasteland after a few rounds. So um, I'm hopeful for, to maybe get Kelsey a little bit later on in the second round, but I know someone's going to jump at it. They're going to draft that wide receiver and then say, screw it. I'm taking Kelsey too. And I'm just going all in on, on wide receiver and tight end. But Harrison, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Um, what are your expectations for Kansas city this year before we sign off? Like what would you consider a successful year? Is it super bowl or bust once again for this group? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, it's with the chiefs, the way they've been with Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's all or nothing right now. Maybe you can, uh, in a hard fought, in a hard fought Super Bowl battle and you lose, maybe you're okay with that. But, uh, if you're not making the Super Bowl, it's, uh, it's a failure. I mean, to be fair though, I guess if they did lose to the bills last year in that game, I wouldn't have been too upset just because of how amazing that game was. (laughs) Could have went either way. Um, I was super, I was super hyped to, uh, to see them pull that one out though. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super bowl or bust right now. You know, they're not going to make it there every year. I know that, but they could. Definitely. Especially when you have a QB like Mahomes, And I think all football fans are hoping for that Kansas city and Buffalo once again in the playoffs. Cause those games have been great over the last couple of years, but thanks so much once again for coming on the show. And thank you everyone who listens every single day to the competitive hedge podcast. We will see you guys tomorrow talking the Las Vegas Raiders in that same division. And so we'll see you tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge podcast.